welcome everyone to the Food, Farms, and Chefs radio show with restaurant industry author Kevin Wilson, highly acclaimed chef Gene Blum, and food photojournalist Amaris Pollock. Join them as they interview the biggest names in the restaurant industry, tell you about the latest food trends, and give you recipes and cooking tips too. So let's get the show started. Welcome to our listeners around the world via the podcast, our listeners on our FM station in New York, and our two Philadelphia radio stations. It's Tuesday evening drive time for you. We have an outstanding show today. So let's get this show started. So it's a great honor to introduce uh, one of Philadelphia's favorite food truck moguls as well as businessmen and philanthropists, a gentleman who uh, started at the ground level and has built himself uh, quite a nice little business of food trucks and a couple wonderful uh, locations, including one that has great live music and a sports club feel and just absolutely tremendous food. So at this point in time, I'd love to introduce a friend of the show, Matt Rossi of Nick's Roast Beef. Matt, welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. How are you, my man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. And I think I'm just going to jump off because you said so many nice things. I can't really follow up with anything good. Well, you know, it, it was funny. I picked up the paper the other day. I, I you know, headlines of, of Philadelphia. The day that we, you know, get the number one most wanted terrorist in the world and the headlines of both the Philadelphia Inquirer and the Daily News are about something you recently did, saving a food truck commissary, uh, you know, saving the roof over several food truck vendors and, you know, stepping in and really helping out. And I know that, you know, that's obviously from your heart. It's business, but it's also, you know, as president of the Food Truck Association, something you saw that needed to be done. So tell us a little bit about that whole venture and what happened there. Sure. Um, so uh, there's a commissary that was uh, built up over the last six or seven years um, that was located down in the South Philadelphia, I guess, West Philadelphia area. Um, and um, it was uh, it was going under um, just uh, tough times, COVID uh, management, whatever you want to call it, um, caused the uh, operator not to be able to move forward. And unfortunately it was in a situation where a severing of the lease and they were going to take back possession of the property. So some of my friends, some members of the uh, Philadelphia mobile food association board members um, reached out to me and we were talking back and forth about an opportunity that could be there um, to save the uh, commissary, which um, at the time housed, I want to say um, approximately 10 um, vendors, uh, food trucks, food carts, uh, caterers, people who are small businesses that um, didn't have brick and mortar, but have built you know nice little businesses for themselves um, with very little notice because at the end of the day, they are subleasing tenant. Uh, they were about to be evicted. The, the sheriff was there. He's going to put a lock on the door and uh, they would have not had access to the location that they um, run their businesses out of, you know, and that means lost revenue, lost catering jobs, lost opportunities all over the place. Well, they were able to pull me into it at the last second. We were able to negotiate a lease. I paid enough of the back rent to be able to 
keep the doors open. We put together a um, longer term lease and we took over and it was the birth of Philadelphia Food Trucks Commissary. You know, and for our listeners who don't know, while there are food trucks out there that, you know, also work with caterers or so on and so forth and, and have a brick and mortar, there are many that depend on a facility. It's a common area where, you know, 10, 12, 15, 20 food trucks may come together and they share refrigeration space. They share, you know, a, a kitchen for basic prep and things like that, where those food trucks are housed or secured and, and they get to go out on the road. And without that space, without that logistical part, those food trucks would cease to exist. So, you know, doing that really made a big difference for a number of businesses. And, you know, kudos to you for doing that. And I just love the fact that in the city of Philadelphia, you saving food truck business takes precedent over taking down the number one terrorist in the world. So congratulations on that. Nothing made me happier than seeing that headline and realizing how important food trucks were to the city of Philadelphia. So leads us to the next part. Um, you got a couple other exciting things going on, and I, I believe we get to see one this year at the Veterans Parade. I'm not sure. But you recently uh, were down in Texas, I believe, picking up a truck and bringing it back uh, that acts as kind of a, a little portable sports bar. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, unfortunately, I'm going to correct you here, buddy, and I don't like to do that. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, the Texas truck is just another mobile unit. It's just another food truck. Okay. We actually drove down, flew down to Houston, drove and drove back uh, with the truck. Did a great – it was a great, great drive. But the one you're talking about is actually from Jersey originally. It's a tailgate truck. Uh, okay. Full-on bar, uh, four flat panel TVs. Um, uh, full sound system and it, it, it's pretty cool. It was an old Winnebago that they converted reinforced with all sorts of different levels of steel and built, um, built platforms that fold out from the center and are able to convert into a, a bar, a tailgate vehicle. It's, it's pretty, it, um, really popular. It's doing a lot of, we're doing a lot of great events with it. It's great for weddings. It's great for, uh, like I said, tailgates. Uh, we're doing a lot of, uh, college functions with it. So, uh, I mean, listen, anybody who can find a, a reason to have a bar pull up to their house, um, you know, we're the ones to call for that. I think we're, we're, we're really nailing that market. And yeah, the, the expansion has been pretty cool. We, uh, we, we've had a lot of opportunities in front of us and um, between, between the different brands that we operate and uh, do fulfillment for on different levels. Um, we, and then the Knicks brand itself, our, our Knicks roast beef brand is obviously you know, our number one flagship. It's the one that, it's the one that everybody knows, everybody recognizes. And a lot of times what's cool about it is we, you know, somebody calls for Nick's and they find out that we can do all these other things. And you turn one, one call into, you know, four or five jobs. And um, so it, it's been some adaptability on our end from the standard banquet call of, you, you, you know, you're ordering the basic menu. We're, we're creating menus every time we go out on different styles of food and different brands and bar packages and all those types of things. So yeah, it's been really fun. Well, and that's something that our listeners are probably not aware of that in Pennsylvania, there is a clause for restaurants and caterers that allow us to take the liquor license on the road for, you know, X amount of jobs a year. So you can literally take your bar and, 
take it out to a guest house and operate it just like that. And, you know, it takes the deed for the client uh, to purchase alcohol or anything away. And you're bringing out everything that they need and, and being able to provide that. What a wonderful opportunity for, you know, holiday parties, corporate get togethers, anything like that where people don't want to get stuck up going to the liquor store. I got to buy all this. Then what do I do with the leftover? So on and so forth. You can do all that for them. So, and, and you know, the Pennsylvania has extended that policy and, and keeps it going. So it's a really wonderful, wonderful thing. Yeah. It's definitely a great, so, uh, great, great addition to a liquor license. Absolutely. And, and I, I love your vision and being able to see that and take that to the next step. And, and am I correct that we get to see that this year at veterans? I I think we're in talks with it with trying to figure that out. Yeah. Um, okay. yeah, I think we're we're trying to figure out whether or not that's a doable doable function. There's there's restrictions. Um, so uh, you know, we, it's always important for us to follow the guidelines and you know the letter of the law because just like any other bar restaurant, there's a huge level of responsibility that comes along with it. So um, you know, we take it seriously and try to make sure that we do everything. Minding our, our uh, crossing our T's and dotting our I's, you know. And for our listeners who are not aware of, of Nick's Roast Beef, a couple locations, uh, my favorite, it just happens to be the one on Woodhaven Road. You have a lot of exciting things going up. You get a really nice music lineup. You're bringing in some big names up there in the music world. Tell us a, a little bit about what's going on up there at Woodhaven Road. Uh, it's a great property. Um, we took over. It's, it's amazingly, it's been four years in November. I can't even believe it's been that long. It feels like it was yesterday. Um, but we uh, we've done a huge amount of development on the property. We we uh, garage doors onto the patio, um, improvement on stage lighting, uh, all different types of things that really can make for a great venue environment, um, while still being that good food restaurant that we you know we've always been. So uh, between you know, our, our 20 foot, uh, projection screen TV and, uh, 20 other TVs we have throughout the building. Um, so coming up for sports and, and great wing specials and great beer options, all those things are, uh, playing a part in, in making this a great atmosphere. And, uh, you know, it's, it's right on that border of Ben Salem and, and Philadelphia. So I think it's still, even though, uh, you know, you're asking people to cross over from the counties into the city, it's, it's far enough outside center city that uh, people still feel safe. They feel good about being there. And it's a nice clean environment, good parking, good lighting, everything that makes people want to go out to a restaurant or bar. And as you said, great food. So I'm going to give a little personal thank you here um, for our listeners who don't know. Uh, I have had recently a family member and, and a close friend that were hurt in a, a kitchen accident, um, uh, an explosion of both of them have been uh, in a burn unit for the last 17 days um, being treated. And, you know, Matt, I thank you when you heard about, you know, me saying the amazing work that the nurses at Crozier are doing, you picked up the phone and called me and said, Hey, can I do something for them? Can I drop something off? And I got to tell you, the, accolades and the thank yous and the quality of food even both of the patients got some of the food uh you know trevor was raving about it yesterday so you know thank you for that but you know nurses who really do know quality food uh have asked me many times now you know 
about that and about you and everything like that and, and how great and plentiful all that was. So, you know, my little shameless plug, but more than anything, thank you. It's just a big reflection of who you are as a, a human being. And, um, you know, that goes a long way. So I you know, definitely love to support people who give back. Yeah, I, uh, no problem, man. I, I, you know, obviously I was well aware of what was going on and, and just, you know, I felt like doing something nice for them, for the people who were taking care of your friends and family mattered to me. You're, you're, you're a great ally, good person to uh, be aligned with. And, and uh, I appreciate everything you do too. And, and so, you know, what, what happens that you're singing about happens because of you. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I, I'm one of those people that looks, looks at things and says, you know, uh, I'm, I'm lucky with what I have and, I try to help out and go out of the way and do what I can wherever I can because, you know, it's just the right thing to do. I told you not to plug me on it, so nice job. I, I know, and I ignored <laughs> you totally on that. But You, you know did. What? You absolutely you know, did on all fronts. But I, I've been getting asked so often about, you know, who it was and the quality of things, and so, you know, I, I got to do that. So a little bit about you. I mean, you, you got started. You were an employee that became a manager. Then you became the owner. You know, tell us what, what drug you into all this? I mean, to build what you have now. Uh, I mean, I've been in the business since I was 17. Um, I started out as a, believe it or not, a host for the Olive Garden and, uh, just kind of grew in the business, you know, moved up the, the, uh, restaurant ladder, I guess you would say up through bartending training, and, um, key hourly positions into management. And then, um, I did on my own place. Um, that's actually where I met the, the, the owner who hired me. Um, I own my own place in Havertown almost 10, I guess, 10 years ago now. And, uh, utter failure, you know, it was the classic story of, of, uh, you know, one out of, or whatever, seven out of every businesses fail. Well, or every 10 businesses fail. That was me. I was one of them. Um, but you know, you learn a lot from those things. And I think I learned a lot and I, I met the guy who, I eventually bought Nick's from, and um, if it hadn't been for that failure, I wouldn't be here. So it's all part of who I am, and um, it's cool. It's a cool piece of the story. And um, I, as far as getting here now, I, I started. I got hired as a GM. I, tech, I guess technically, I got hired as a consultant for him. And soon after the week, I, he asked me to consult. Uh, first thing I said to him was, "You need you need upper management. You need somebody who's going to really take charge." And that's just me. That's just the way I am. I uh, I took so much ownership of it at the time. Um, it became a situation where the guy didn't have to worry about it. And so I made it easy on him. Um, as time progressed years later, I, you know, got to a point where, um, I was, I was happy with the progress. We had added the food trucks and uh, I felt like I had done a lot and, um, I was ready to make a move myself back to some form of the next level, back to ownership in some capacity. And it wasn't necessarily mixed. It was some opportunities that went in front of me. I went to the guy and I said, listen, I, I think I'm going to leave. I gave him more than, more than ample notice, not the kind of notice we get these days, more along the lines of like five, six weeks. And uh, he came back to me a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks into that and said, look, I really think it might be a good opportunity for you to take this place. You're really passionate about it. You know, everything about it. You built it at this point, obviously not the brand, but where it was that day in 2004, uh, excuse me, 2018. Um, so I said, yeah, I took the opportunity and ran. And uh, I mean, it was just kind of a whirlwind since uh, in 2018, we, we bought Cotman. Then the opportunity came along for me to get a deal on the location that is now Woodhaven Road, which um, was 
probably one of the most painstaking experiences of my life between an SBA loan, the, the sellers of the property were, were, um, challenging to say the least. And, um, it, it was, I, I refer to it. It's funny because we went right into COVID, but I still refer to it as like the hardest year of my life. Uh, just mental, mental bandwidth was pushed to every limit at that point. And, uh, got through it. And I think we built a, a good business and it continues to build the brand. And I think that's part of what is, um, is awesome and why we've been able to jump to every, every single next level of, of doing things bigger and bigger each time, more food trucks, more, more brands, more staff. I mean, we, we employ close to a hundred people at this point, which is you know pretty decent for a, a small, what people still consider a mom and pop. So come a long way. And, uh, it's been fun. I, I, I still love the business. I still get up every day and, um, look forward to what might be coming today and what's in front of me. And, and I learn a lot from the people that are coming and going in the business. Like you look at some of these guys and some guys that you've had on the show shows yourself and, um, just they've done it for so long. And then eventually as quickly as they, they do it, it may, it's time to go. It's time to get out, whether they've passed the prime of, of having the energy or, or, or businesses have changed and times have changed. You know, you just, these guys, some of these guys who, who help create the, the pattern and what we do. And as quickly as you, quickly as you make something happen, the phone can stop ringing and you're out. So you got to really appreciate everything you do and everything you have. And I, I think I'm good at that. I, I recognize, you know, it can all be gone tomorrow. So I, I, I love it. One thing that I think is important for our, our listeners, you do have a big variety of brands, uh, you know, in a, in a minute or so, tell us uh, what other brands besides Nick's Roast Beef fall under your umbrella, because I think it's important for people to realize that your trucks are not just limited. Sure. Yeah. So we have uh, the Cow and the Curd, which was a great food truck brand for a long time that we've taken over the fulfillment for. Um, Jerry's Kitchen, uh, which is a uh, homegrown, um, fresh ingredient driven brand. Um, we have... Um, uh, Fat Belly Barbecue, our own barbecue brand. Uh, we have Jose Pepe's Mexican Express. It's a taco burrito driven brand. Uh, we have Nick's Boardwalk Foods, which covers things like funnel cakes and fried Oreos and all those types of things. Uh, the Happy Pita, another great brand. We have to stick something healthy in there. So we call pitas healthy, even though the main side is tater tots. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we have a, we have a pizza brand. We actually have a pizza truck with some great pizza ovens on it called ghost pepper pizza. So yeah, we, we cover a lot of the gambit of different, uh, cuisines that anybody could really want. And I, I, I like to believe we're, we've gotten pretty good at it. So, uh, the different brands all, all have a great taste to them. And before we, uh, close out and get all your information, tell us a little bit about, you know, how people can utilize the, Philadelphia Mobile Food Truck Association uh, to help them get their events and, and help them get people for festivals or things like that. What what you do as the president, what the Food Truck Association does. Um, yeah, so uh, I think the best answer is uh, when it comes to getting events and looking to the food trucks for, for services and things along those lines, um, you can go to the website, Philadelphia Food Truck uh, PhiladelphiaFoodTruckAssociation.com. There's an inquiry section where you submit an inquiry, and there's, it'll ask you some questions and uh, help you fill out the fill out the blanks. And um, and then that that comes to us as a board. We then uh, redirect and redistribute that email to all of our members, um, and the members then have the choice to either think that the event is aligned with them, and they try to answer and respond to the customer. And then the cut at that point they work together. We're, 
we're completely a facilitator. We don't have anything to do with the booking. We don't know what happens after you send, after we send the event out to our membership, we don't know what happens from there. So, uh, that's, that's one of the challenges, but it's a, it's a great service. It offers a bunch of different trucks. Unfortunately, some of the trucks that are you know, still on membership aren't necessarily active anymore just because of the past couple of years and the challenges that we've all faced. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's a good service. Um, and, and it's all part of what we do as an association. We try to help trucks continue to get in business, do business the right way, follow the right guidelines, licenses, insurance. Um, workers' comp, obviously, is something that's uh, pretty important as, you're, as you guys are dealing with right now. Um, so, you know, following the, following the right steps and, and operating a proper business, food trucks, food carts, it, it tends to be a lot of, uh, it, it's an easy, it's an easy solution for a lot of people coming over from different countries who are coming over for citizenship or different reasons They're, they get into quickly because a lot of them, you know, cook their cuisines from home. They bring them here and, and, and the American base really tends to like different things. So it works. One of those challenges is getting them to understand you can't just pop a cart on the side of the road and say you're a business. You got to do things the right way. So that's, that's right. one of the things I really like about the commissary. Also, I get to help guide those guys too. So how can people find out more about Nick's roast beef, about your food trucks? Where can people get more information? Sure. Um, so uh, as far as the food trucks and uh, Nick's, um, you know, the, the internet's a great source. Obviously we have a bunch of different websites. Nick's catering and events is where uh, a lot of the food trucks and special events come through for weddings and bar mitzvahs, bar mitzvahs, office parties, all those types of things. And then, uh, when it comes to the restaurants, uh, each restaurant has its own site, nicksnortheast.com or nicksrbwoodhaven.com. But I mean, you can Google Nick's roast beef and, and at the end of the day, it'll bring up a slew of different ways to get in touch with us and talk to us and tell us what we can do to, to, your food service needs well one thing i can tell our listeners and i've heard numerous times when people reach out to you they always get a call back and you personally return most of them so you know that's a wonderful thing in itself that you're getting pulled a thousand different ways take the time to do that matt as always thank you thank you for joining us on food farms and chefs and uh, tell us about what's telling us about what's new. The fact that we can get a bar truck and all the different brands. That's a really exciting stuff. No problem. Gene. Thanks so much for having me. Let's take a break and we'll be right back. To become a sponsor of our show and have your business or event promoted on every single podcast platform, two Philadelphia radio stations on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. evening drive time and FM station in New York, send us an email to either foodfarmsandchefs at yahoo.com or diningonadime at yahoo.com. And we're back. Chef Gene, introduce us to your fabulous guest. Well, for those of you who may not be aware, Philadelphia recently just gained a fabulous new restaurant in the Rittenhouse Square uh, vicinity. And I want to preface this by saying everybody gets a little scared as soon as you hear Rittenhouse Square. What's that going to what that bill's going to be? And I'm going to tell you. It is one of the most reasonable dinner bills with an incredible selection of food and great beverages that you're going to find. And at this point in time, it is a great opportunity and honor to introduce Andrew Houston, the company director of Restaurant Hello. Alexander in Rittenhouse Square. Andrew, welcome yeah. to Food Farms and Chefs. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. 
It's a great pleasure to have you. I know that you really have been a vital part of the creation of the entire project for Restaurant Alexander. First employee. Yeah. Well, I love the pitch that you guys created, and it's fabulous. It says, downscale food, fine dining with a wine and spirits library. And that's exactly who you are. I mean, your menu, while it is incredible, your pricing is, you know, so reasonable. You have so many great options with a little bit of a, you know, German but farm fresh feel to the menu. Yeah, um, a little slightly Eastern European for sure. Very slightly. It is, but, and you know, to tell the story quickly for our listeners, uh, Restaurant Alexander is named after, you know, a person, Alexander. Alexander. Al- <laughs> That's right. You know. Yeah, so, um, he, uh, right. You know, when he, um, they come from a construction company background, so they do a lot of uh, commercial renovations, him and his family. So they acquired the building to actually renovate the apartments upstairs. And downstairs, the ground level, uh, was a restaurant or restaurants known as uh, v Street Cafe and WizKid. I'm sure a lot of people remember those two locations. They were part of the veg family, um, so they were vegetarian and vegan, as you can tell by the name. But, um, you know, they got, as everybody, they got smacked by COVID, I'm sure, and decided to kind of tail off at the end. And as we acquired the building, you know, again, as is pretty common in Philadelphia, a lot of people tend to transfer the liquor license over with the space being turned over as a turnkey space. So could have been turnkey, but we ended up demolishing pretty much everything inside. Um, completely new from the ground up renovation. We actually knocked the wall down, separating the two floor plans, opened it up. So it's totally huge now. Um, got about 98 to a hundred seats, depending on who you smush in there. But, um, yeah, full bar restaurant. Uh, we're working on some upcoming projects for the property later in the year. Well, you know, the, the story of the, the founder, obviously, you know, in the contracting family, but he was an exchange student at Northeast High. He was actually from Eastern Europe, if, I, right, if I'm correct yeah. in saying that. That's and absolutely he correct. Came, He's uh, from Serbia originally. Um, they, when he was young, him and his parents moved to Germany, and then he moved to Philadelphia when he was in high school. Um, so he was an exchange student, like you said, and then ended up kind of falling in love with the city, according to him. <laughs> so as his exchange was over, he you know, went back to Germany for a year or two, came back to Philadelphia as a, an actual uh, citizen or, or resident, I guess, in that context. And he started working in some of the restaurants in Philadelphia. He was working at Brauhaus Schmitz, uh, hence the German uh, link, perhaps as a food runner. Um, and again, yeah, he just kind of fell in love with the scene. So, you know, as he, after that, he was, he ended up being a project manager for uh, his family's and his wife and their construction company. And like I said, acquired the space and just kind of went, just dove into the deep end with it. It's funny. I um, think it's really unique that that German influence is coming on and giving some authentic flavors and authentic foods to the city that, I, I'm Eastern European. I'm Ukrainian, okay. Lithuanian, Polish, and things like that. So when I go in and I see, you know, pierogies on brown and brown butter, I'm just drawn oh, yeah. like, okay, wow. they got it because I go so <laughs> many got it. and people like, you know, they want to take their pierogies and they want to throw them in a the deep fryer, and I'm like, no, 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 don't do that. That's, do that, and you know, yeah. you got 
tin of pancakes going on. And I'll tell you what, the, the spatzel with the duck confit, ugh. You know, like, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for things like that too. So it, yeah, you know, it yeah, speaks to it, all of them certainly. But you know, add in burgers, add in steaks. You know, add in some seafood. You know, you really have a diverse menu there. Who's responsible for you know the menu creation of what is now you know less than two weeks old uh, restaurant menu? Right. Well, so the overall program, um, you know, I designed it with Alex. He and I kind of smacked our heads together for about a month and a half figuring out what works in the area. We scoped out a lot of competition, he and I, and looked at the pricing differences and the themes of the restaurants and stuff. So I set the framework to be mostly an American menu, cherry-picking techniques and ingredients from the regions that were relevant to his upbringing. So it was very rare for me to let go of a full uh, kitchen program, but we ended up hiring uh, Chef Montana Houston as that person. Uh, so we kind of just handed him the keys, and he ran with it, and he's been just knocking it out of the park. Well, that chef has a little bit of a pedigree, so I don't want to get you know a little too far as I uh, spend some time in some Michelin restaurants and yeah. things like that. Uh, Montana Houston is certainly a name that uh, Philadelphia is you know going to be aware of as you know restaurant Alexander grows and and something to be very excited about in the city of Philadelphia. Sure. Another great. Yeah, he's a like I said, a very talented guy. I'm really lucky that we found him. He and I get along really well. Um, you know, this is his first, I think, full blown exec chef job, um, and the guy's only 26 years old, so he's doing something right. That's that is certainly to be that young to be the executive chef. There is nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, I, I cannot say enough about how exciting the menu is to be there in Rittenhouse Square and, and, and your food. So in the first two weeks you've been open, how is it being received? Oh, it's been great. Uh, honestly, you know, as a lot of people know, Philadelphia in the summer tends to hit a bit of a lull with uh, food and dining and going out to, to the bars and all that stuff. So all, all the restaurants are kind of historically slower in the summers everybody goes to the beach over the weekends and stuff but we've been slammed honestly more so than i expected uh, we have a really good pr team aversa pr definitely helping us along the way with that um but again you know i've, I've been kind of caught off guard with just how consistently we've, busy we've been even over the weekends so i'm at the point now where i'm like looking to hire more people because they just got to keep up with the demand so so far so good well, that's great to hear. And what are your big items? What are the big menu items that are being uh, really raved about? Uh, well, you know, it's like picking your favorite child, perhaps. But I would say probably our biggest sellers, you know, as you'd expect, pierogies do really well. You know, we have a charcuterie board, a cheese board, things like that also do really well here. I'd say we have a whole fish dish. Um, right now we're doing a red snapper. Uh, so we deep fry it like I said, whole, straight out of the ocean and right onto the plate. So it's a very large presenting dish. And I buy, I think the snappers, they top out at about um, two pounds. So they're usually about a pound, uh, between one pound and two pounds. So typically they are just a lot of meat, a lot of a lot of sustenance. Uh, we have a short rib pasta dish with campanelli pasta um, and the horseradish 
sweeter horseradish cream sauce, uh, Campanelli pasta. A lot of pastas out there, but if you've never seen it, it kind of looks like a little fluted trumpet slash flower. Um, I'd say what else goes really well? We have a scallops dish. Um, you know, we painstakingly source all the proteins and all the ingredients from as local as I possibly can. Uh, we have a lot of vegetarian and vegan options that change pretty readily, and we also have some staples we're working on. So it's kind of something for everybody without feeling like you're being pandered to. It truly is something for all different tastes, but, you know, a place where you can go and learn a little bit. And we're going to talk about the next part of education. Your wine and spirits program is uh, kind of, you know, exciting and, and you really put a lot of work into that. It's, you know, not just a, you know, another profit center or thought about, but you really look at some things to complement your food. Tell us a little bit about that program. Well, I'll start with the wines first. Um, you know, we, like you said, we, we have a pretty diverse menu for wine spirits and, and also beer if you want to throw them in there. But our wine list, um, so we're working on building a cellar. So I'm buying things right now to open three, five, ten years out. Um, but on that note, you know, again, with the diversity, we're not regionally locked into any sort of uh, area or varietal with wine. So we really buy, you know, Rittenhouse is an interesting area, as, as I'm sure a lot of people know. There's a lot of classical wine drinkers who drink really just traditional varietals, Barolos, Nero Diavolas, Cabernet Sauvignons, Chardonnays, Pinot Grigios, all your really standard varietals. And you have a lot of new wine drinkers who tend to go towards the trendy, funkier side of things, like Pet Nats, orange wines, um, uh, some really finely carbonated rosés. Uh, it's really an interesting hodgepodge of buying habits. So we, I hired a really um, stellar wine director. His name is Nicholas. He worked at Tria for a long time. He was a wine seller for Regal, which is a really good uh, wine portfolio company. So I kind of have an eye for talent. I'll, I'll pat myself on the back a little bit with that, but I plucked him kind of out of thin air. And he's been doing a great job with it. I also have a cocktail program, um, as I'm sure most people know by now, that we are treating like a library of cocktail entries. So any drink, essentially, that's ever existed or has yet to exist will be on our library list. And again, I hired a, a second bar manager, essentially, um, a cocktail specialist who, again, I gave the keys to the program to her, and she absolutely has been knocking it out of the park she, you know, wizard status, I'd probably give her that, that title with cocktail and mixology and all that stuff. So, again, we have some really classical cocktails on the list. You know, your, your obligatory martini, Vesper, things like that, Negroni. We also have some really interesting uh, fruit-based cocktails. Me, myself, I'm a, I'm a very textural person, so I tend to gravitate towards drinks with more food elements than boozy elements. So we... Like I said, we have our classical booze-based cocktails, and we have some mocktails. We have some fruit-based alcohol cocktails, uh, peach and basil. We have a blackberry and bourbon smash. Um, you know, just kind of something for everybody. Well, as a cocktail person myself, I really appreciate that. So many people today, you know, they'll experiment on the, on the fringe, but they won't, you know, take that dive into the deep end like you've done there and right. you brought it people with the pedigrees to, to back it all up too. So oh, you know, kudos to Alexander for that, you know, Thank you. so Thank in, you. in the last couple minutes that we have, uh, people want to find out more. Can we get menus online for them to look at? How do we go about making reservations? 
Definitely. Uh, so, you know, we're tweaking our website now. Um, it'll be pretty much up in the next day or two. We have a landing page there now, but our menus can be seen on the Google entry, the business entry, if you just search for restaurant Alexander, which is spelled a little weird, A-L-E-K-S-A-N-D-A-R. Um, you can also look them up on OpenTable, and we have our Instagram page, which is probably more of a, a more ground-level look inside of our operation. Um, so, yeah, you know, our menus are pretty much I, I kind of plan on changing them twice a year. You know how seasonality is these days. The climate's a little weird, so it's hot in the summer and it's cold. Or it's uh, cold in the summer and hot in the winter, as they say. So I kind of just tend to gravitate towards hot weather items, cold weather items. So we'll be changing the menu. Let's see, what's it, August? So probably in like two months to a more winter-ish menu. Sure, sure. And your location, if I'm correct, is 126 South 19th. Uh, that's if it. my internal navigation system would take me back there, <laughs> that's where I would be that's going. Right. Um, you We're know, right congratulations on opening uh, another fabulous dining spot in the city of Philadelphia. One I certainly recommend to our listeners uh, to go in and really have a dining experience, but one that you can do, you know, several times a month. It's not one that, you know, I'm going to go to cause it's my anniversary. So you can certainly do that, but it's a place to go for dinner as well. And, you know, oh, I, yeah. I really want to make that known that, you know, you're, you're, you have great values and, you know, it's a great night out that is, is not going to, you know, break the bank in, in difficult times. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, that's exactly what we're going for. Uh, you know, everyone knows Rittenhouse, the price point associated with it. It was really important to me to not push anybody away based on price. Get them all in here, I say. Well, we appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us My on pleasure. Food Farms and Chefs. And looking forward to talking to you further down the line when you get the new menu out and talking about that menu and uh, watching you grow. Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll, uh, we'll see you for dinner soon. Thank you very much. Take care, my man. Have a you wonderful, too. wonderful week. You too. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Man, my pleasure. Let's take a break, and we'll be right back. You can find Chef Gene Blum at ibfoodie2 across all social media or email him at ibfoodie2 at yahoo.com. And you can find Amaris Pollock at arpollockus across social media or email her at arpollockus at gmail.com to become a sponsor of the show or become a guest in Food Farms and Chefs. And we're back. Chef Gene, introduce us to your fabulous guest. Well, this is one that's right up there for all the caffeine junkies in our listening audience. I'd love to introduce Diane Whittles of Dead Sled Coffee, a really unique and I think just incredible concept. And I want to say that Dead Sled Coffee is producing coffee for the non-coffee snobs, the people who mm-hmm. you know want great coffee but don't want any of the pretentiousness that goes with it that you'll find in some of those big national chains. So Diana, welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. Great honor to have you. Tell us a little bit about Dead Sled Coffee. First, I want to say thank you for having me, but that introduction was music to my ears. That is exactly what we've been striving for, is to create a brand. I got tired of 
going into coffee shops and being made to feel stupid because I couldn't taste the marshmallow or the lavender or the leopard sunning in the south side of the plains and in Africa. And I just wanted a cup of coffee. And I wanted a cup of coffee that didn't make me feel stupid, that tasted really good, but also appealed to my friends that did know coffee. And so Dead Slept kind of came to be. Well, I mean, one of the great taglines that exists is the distinguished coffee for the exceptional and unconventional. And you fit both of them dead <laughs> on. I do indeed. I am a mother of two sons, a wife, a business owner, and I have neon pink hair and tattoos. So I am definitely not a conventional person, nor have I ever gravitated towards conventional humans. I like them okay. They're fine. But those aren't my people. My people are the ones that sort of lurk in the shadows and like their rock and roll and like their horror and kind of like the fringy things of the world. Hey, so for, for my daughters, Cassidy and Haley, you need to listen to this show because <laughs> somebody's right up your alley and you're both really going to enjoy. So Dead Sled Coffee, your corporate headquarters is in Wilkesboro. You have... Correct roasting sites in the lovely state of New Jersey. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you really have a unique product line and you have some of the greatest names for your coffees. Like, you know, coffee, you will love to death. Skid Row Slave to Grind Coffee. The Nightmare on Elm Street. And of course, mm -hmm. for us old rock and rollers, Kiss Coffee. Of course. I mean, where did all this come from? So it's funny when we when Dead Sled started, it was literally a conversation between a friend of mine and I about funeral vehicles, and we both had a, a love for a hearse. And I and he said to me, "Wouldn't it be cool if we could take a hearse and make a food truck out of it, or make a coffee truck out of it?" And I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's the idea. That's the thing. That's what I want to do." Turns out you can't without dumping a lot of money into it, and a lot of time, and a lot of energy. And I am an impatient woman and I have no time for that. So we took the concept of sort of the horror end of things or the more, the more macabre end of things. And we created dead sled and we sort of fell into the licenses. It wasn't like we set out and we weren't like, right, we're going to go be a licensed coffee company. This is what we're going to do. Uh, our first band that we signed was a local Pennsylvania hardcore band called wisdom and chains. And it just sort of kind of evolved from there. Um, my my husband, who is one of my co-owners, uh, he was the one that secured uh, uh, the first conversation we had with Robert England. And he had Robert England on a conference call. And Robert was like, yes, I absolutely want to do coffee. And we were like, well, okay, I guess that's what we're doing now. <laughs> you, you have to you have to truly love that, you know. For and by the way, your your Hearst conversation. I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. You were just sitting around having a conversation about funeral vehicles, and you know, I, I don't know if anybody else is going to get this, but it just brought back Woody Allen's thoughts all over. Um, yeah, you know, and, and, uh, for those of us old enough to remember that that Woody Allen story, but you know, what a unique concept, and I kind of like the idea of a Hearst for a food truck or something like I that. I know. A great, a great. It's not dead deal. yet. No pun intended. <laughs> but you're really attentive to bringing in, you know, unique products from all over the world. Mm -hmm. um, so who, you know, 
who's doing that research? Who's the coffee pro? Who's, you know, doing all that? I'll be honest with you. We are all just, there are three of us. Uh, and we really, none of us consider ourselves coffee pros. I mean, I've taken coffee classes and I've done cuppings and I've done, uh, you know, learning, learning how to taste coffee, learning how to, how to roast coffee, learning where it comes from. Would I consider myself an expert? Absolutely not. I know what I like and I know what I think other people like. And the way we do it with our licensed coffee is we have our roasters who we trust implicitly and we go to the artist and we say, Hey, we'd like to do a collaboration with you. Let's make a coffee. What do you guys look for in a coffee? What kind of coffee do you like to drink? Then we take that feedback back to our roasters and we say, hey, can we match this? This is what they're looking for. They want a flavored coffee. They don't want a flavored coffee. They want a full roast. They want a city roast. They want, you know, extra caffeine. They want the strongest coffee America has to offer. And we then offer them three or four samples of the coffees and they pick the coffee that they want. And that's what goes in the bag. Absolutely fantastic idea with uh, really some creative uh, branding and, and, you know, graphic arts and all that, to which I say it's been so good that you now offer a line of merch as well. Yes, absolutely. You know, and and some really creative stuff, you know, the shirts, the cups, everything to go with that. But, you know, to match your labels, you know, a little bit of gothic in there. I, my, mm-hmm. my stepdaughter who you know, has a, a new color hair every day, every day. It seems like oh, my kind of girl. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm going to tell you by your energy level, you and Cass would do well together. Um, <laughs> it would be a wonderful thing. I, I might have to send her to work for you. Come on. So what is, you know, tell us a few of your, your brands that were a few of your coffees out there that are really, really big sellers. Well, our the our 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 baby, our our favorite. No, that's not the right word because a mom is not supposed to have favorites. The the jewel in our crown is Rob Zombie. He was kind of one of those. Did we just sign that contract? Oh my gosh, I think we just signed that contract. Deals, um, and he is our best seller by far. Not even a question in the rock and roll world. He outsells everybody else that we have. Um, and his coffee is, he now has two, we have two blends with him and his coffee is our first and second, uh, certified organic coffee. Uh, and the second okay. blend, they're both proprietarily his. So, and I think they're fabulous. They're, they're amazing coffees. He's got a great palate. What else, uh, would you, you know, what, what is something that you'll drink or that, it, you know, some of the other people drink around the office? Okay, well, what I always tell people who are starting out with our coffee uh, is, well, first, the question has to be posed, do you like flavored coffee or do you like not flavored coffee? Um, if you're a fan of flavored coffee, actually, I tell this to everybody, regardless of what your taste buds are. Uh, our black walnut, which we call our Drazen blend because that's the name oh. of our bat mascot, our black <laughs> walnut coffee is really, really special. It is It is. One of a kind. We are the first to market with it. It is amazing. You've never had a coffee like it, and it is literally impossible for me to describe to you. I struggle every single time trying to describe it, and when we're at events, I just tell people, here, just taste it, because I won't need to describe it to you then. It's chocolatey. It's nutty. It's rich. It's got a gorgeous velvet mouthfeel. It's an amazing coffee. If you're not a flavored coffee person, uh, I would always always start people out with our morning blend because that is, that is our foundation coffee. That's our flagship coffee. That is the coffee that when we started, 
I said, I drink my coffee like a milkshake. I drink it light and sweet. I need to find a coffee that I can drink black and enjoy and not be offended by. And that's our morning blend. Yeah, I I kind of lean the other way. I like that cup of coffee in the morning to slap me hard in the face and say, get your ass moved. <laughs> Boom, Understood. You know, and, and, you know it, that's a very important thing to me. So the morning blend, and, and I got to tell you from a marketing perspective, just for me, when I see morning blend, I'm going to go the opposite way always, you know, sure. but I appreciate that because my wife would suck up that coffee in a heartbeat. And go that route. <laughs> that's well, who she is. You know, she's, she's close to an Americano almost in the amount sure. of cream that she'll put in. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a cafe au kind of girl. Yeah, she's a cafe au lait. She loves mm-hmm. that. She loves, you know, lots of it. If it could be flavored cream, even better. You know, I, I'm just, yeah, a little bit of cream sometimes, black sometimes. Sure. Don't put any sweeteners in it. You know, just give me the coffee. So for and, people uh, like you, I would recommend Arcane Hotter Coffee because it is the strongest coffee that we have. He insisted that he be the strongest coffee. He'd be the most bold coffee that we have. And it's a great coffee. Well, I think uh, now I have two that I have to order because I got to try to black <laughs> walnut and I'm going to go that routine there too. People don't understand the concept of ordering coffee mail order. They think that, ah, oh, you know, it's kind of silly. And, and you know, yeah. what a wonderful thing to get a package in. And even if you do it every so many months of, you know, getting, you know, six, eight pounds of coffee and you throw them in your freezer, you know, and you have a fabulous thing. Are there options for your coffees? Can I get a whole bean as well as a grind? Absolutely. Can I specify my grinds? You know, depending we on do, my... what we what we do is we have K cups, we have whole bean, and then we usually grind just for drip. Um, and okay. we we do have an espresso that we're kind of trying to phase out. Um, but yeah, no, all of our coffees come whole bean, and it's specified on the website. There are a few that don't come whole bean that only come ground, um, but it's very clear on the website what's what. Great. That's, I mean, that's very important. How about uh, minimum orders? What what can people, you know. You can order one to... bag. You can order 500 bags. We don't judge. We love you all the same. And, and everybody that places an order, I consider a family member. That's what I call. I don't call them customers. I call them family members. And it doesn't matter if you've placed one order in the past three years or you've placed 500 orders in the last six months. You are family. Well, I love to hear that, and I think that my family and your family are going to be joining forces <laughs> real soon. Uh, as soon as I, you know, talk to my my girls about dead sled coffee, you know, what's in the works? Anything uh, able to talk to us about about you know, new projects, new ideas, anything like that? You you said you were thinking about the coffee, uh, the coffee truck, or the coffee hearse. Uh, I'm always thinking about that. Um, we do have a couple projects that we are working on, but uh, we're doing. Uh, we have a collaboration that we just did with the video game. Uh, let's see if I get it right. Deadlight, day by deadlight. I'm I'm not a video gamer. My son is. He said it was a big deal. He's very excited. Um, and we're doing. There are a couple other things that we are working on that you will know as soon as I'm allowed to talk about. But they're very exciting and they're very big deals. Absolutely fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. So did you think when you were having this conversation about funeral vehicles that, you know, <laughs> Dead Sled Coffee would be where it's at or that, you know, you would be having this conversation on the radio one day? I, you know, I have always been, I am a big Kiss fan. That is my, that is my band. That is my, my love. 
Uh, and so I've always sort of subscribed to the way they have run their lives. And that is simply that even when you're playing clubs, you don't act like you're playing a club. You act like you're playing Madison Square Garden. So I have always been a big dreamer. I have always wanted more. I've always, I've always set goals really high and, and sort of out of the park, astronomical, hit the moon kind of, kind of dreams. And, you know, I, I'm always hungry for the next step. I'm always looking to what's next. You know what? I love that philosophy and has always been the KISS philosophy. I'm an old rocker. I, I lean a little bit more towards the Rolling Stones. And, love but, them. You know, I, I have a great, healthy respect for KISS. Uh, you know, they came up when I was, you know, young and, and getting mm-hmm. into it, it. We had a lot of debates. So, you know, I had an opportunity to see them a couple of times in concert in my life. And, you know, always had that energy that you have. I could hear that and I love it. <laughs> You know, fabulous, and and I love that that can carry over to a you know a coffee business, and really be so creative. So, for our listeners who want to find out more about Dead Sled Coffee, about ordering, uh, you know, how do they go about doing that? Go to deadsledcoffee.com, and we're also on all platforms of social media. We've got Twitter, we've got Instagram, we've got Facebook. Come and follow us. We are super fun people, and we don't bite unless you ask us to. And is there any thought for kind of brick and mortar or anything like that going on in the future? Um, you know, I've always got an eye to that sort of thing. I think the first hurdle that I would that I would jump over would be turning that hearth into a food truck first, because that was that was where this all started, and that would be the first goal that I would want to conquer. With then looking at brick and mortar, we do do wholesale. We do have our coffees in some uh, oh. some wholesale shops. Uh, some restaurants carry us. So we are in some brick and mortar, just not our own. Mm-hmm. So my favorite burger place in all of America is a place in Chicago called Kuma Burger. And Kuma Burger is heavy metal themed. When you walk in, it's dark, a lot of black light, a lot of heavy metal stuff all over the walls, heavy metal and all all the music or all the menu items are named after heavy metal bands. Oh, I'm well just then. saying. They I'm going to have to go have a conversation with them, aren't I? <laughs> right. They need dead sled coffee. They need yeah, they bad. do. <laughs> they really do. I think it's. I do not disagree. Because now I can, you know, when I'm in Chicago, I can go to Kuma Burger. I can get, you know, one of the, what I think is the best burger in America and, uh, you know, have, uh, Maker's Mark that they have on draft. Yes, they said that Maker's Mark on draft. <laughs> okay. And then this go sounds like heaven. and wash it. It is. If they had a cot, I would move there. So. <laughs> um, and then have some dead side coffee. Sounds Diana, like a perfect meal. so much for your energy level. We need to talk because I know a lot about food trucks and I know some people who can probably make your dream happen for you. Let's have a so, conversation. Uh, I, I, I will reach out to you. I appreciate your time um, and joining us and tell us about Dead Sled Coffee. And then you know, hopefully further down the road, we're going to have you back to talk about more exciting things that you guys are doing. Thank you so, guys so much for, for having me on. This is lovely. Thank you. Thank you. PhillyRestaurantReviews.com for all information about the show. Chef Gene. You can find me across social media at Gene Blom or IDPD 
too, or you can email me directly at IDFOODIE, the number two, at yahoo.com. That's IDFOODIE2 at yahoo.com. Thanks to all our great participants today Dead Sled Coffee, Matt Rossi, and Restaurant Alexander. Look them up and try it. Also, Amorous Pollock can be found at arpollockus at gmail.com. You can email her to be a guest or sponsor on the show. Have a great week, everyone. We will see you next week.